Hello and welcome to you to the fellow cast. This is another bring your own Bible episode in which we do expect you to bring your own Bible. We didn't just name it that we actually want you to bring your own Bible and follow along. And if you have been following, you will know that today we are starting in the book of Leviticus. Now, don't let it be intimidating to you, as it can be. It's one of those books. I'm sure you you would uh, agree with me, Garth, that it's not always the easiest one to to start off with. But you say that you're going to kind of give us a quick sprint through Leviticus, starting with a couple of stories. Yes. Yeah, we're talking about um, stories here in particular Mm. with our Bring Our Own Bible session. So um, there are two very short stories uh, in the book of Leviticus. But we will touch on a bunch of the other chapters as well. Sure. Um, It's just as soon as you read in the New Testament, you see the touch points back to the book of Leviticus is just phenomenal. There's so much of it that's being fulfilled in the life of Jesus and ultimately with his sacrifice on the cross and so on. Um, So it really is a very important book. So just quick to sketch the setting remember where we are now they've left egypt they come to mount sinai and then they camp around mount sinai for two years Mm. and in that time the book of leviticus is being written with all of its instructions so i just always say it's it's a good picture to to remember the lord is saying to them you've left egypt i don't want you to live like the egyptians Mm. you're going to canaan to possess the land i don't want you to live like the canaanites Let's spend two years around this mountain and I will tell you what kind of a people I want you to be. Mm, mm. And then they build the tabernacle. Uh, We're going to see that um, where in the book of Numbers, finally the glory of the Lord is going to come and they're going to leave. But all of those instructions around the tabernacle, how the priests must live, how the sacrifices must be, all of that is then in the book of Leviticus, of much of it. And then... um, Why is it the book of Leviticus? Remember the Levitical tribe stood up for the Lord and the Lord says, all right, then I choose you. Mm. And these instructions then particularly is given to them and they must teach it to the people and implement it. Then it's a good place then to jump into chapter 10 because the priests being um, Aaron and his sons are now ministering before the Lord. One of the instructions is they they must bring a particular kind of fire before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a holy fire. And they put it in these censers, which is like bowls. um, And these things must be carried into the presence of the Lord. And they told very specifically how this fire must be prepared, what they must burn on it, and so on. There's there's kind of incense on it and so on. And we don't know what profane fire is. What did they mix in? Why did they mix it in or something? But then we read in chapter 10 that um, Aaron's sons, not up in abuse, took their senses, put fire in them and added incense. And they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, contrary to his command. Okay. Uh, So fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. Just picture it in your mind for a moment. You're carrying in. And it looks like they come to worship the Lord, to minister to him. But not in the way that he said they should. And suddenly they die, burnt by fire in God's presence. Crazy. Wow. I don't know if your mind ever goes there, but they're in a tent in the desert and when it says fire goes out from the Lord, yeah. it's from the Holy of Holies, right? Yes. Uh, there's a curtain hanging. <laughs> the entire thing is, is a tent. It's made of material. And this fire comes out from the Lord and burns them there. 
it's just it's a powerful picture yeah. So you're saying there might have been some uh, re reconstruction or some renovations <laughs> having been done. To it's the a miracle. <laughs> the people are consumed by fire, but, but the, the tent, tent is yeah. not. I mean, just all of it is just, it's such a strange miracle, but then also a frightful thing. Yeah. All right. Um, and I've often, I mean, Rob preached on um, what uh, Ananias and Sapphira, mm. dying in the presence of the Lord um, once the Holy Spirit came. I often liken the two. It's like a new season is starting. God is living in our midst. Mm. And you better watch because God is a holy God. Yeah. In the New Testament, it's like the same thing. The Holy Spirit is poured out. He's living in us, literally mm. in us. And uh, you better watch out. He's a holy spirit. Mm. Don't lie to him. Walk holy with him. I think both of them is sort of like that moment. Yeah. Everybody's excited. It's wonderful. It's a new thing. Yeah, God's with us. Oh, God yeah. is with us. No fooling around. Yeah. <laughs> we spoke about that earlier. It's a bit uh, of an inside joke. Yeah, Sorry. no, it's beautiful. <laughs> all right. So th then in that chapter, just how it all plays out. Um, so they die in God's presence, consumed by fire, and then the bodies are taken out. And Moses says, Aaron and your sons that that are still remaining, continue ministering mm. to the Lord. But listen, two of his sons just died, burned by fire. Mm. Hey, This man's heart is breaking. But Moses is saying to him, no, you represent the, the people in front of God. You've got a responsibility. You have to continue to minister to the Lord this mm. day. Mm. Do your duty because you stand for something. So put yourself aside. Uh, imagine how difficult that yeah. must have been. Yeah. So they continue to bring um, the sacrifices to the Lord and they, they go through all of the rituals that they're supposed to. And then by the end of the day, they sacrificed an animal there and they were supposed to then um, show the people that, all right, we and God are now on good footing, if I can put it that way. We can eat in the presence of God. So they were supposed to eat sort of God's portion of the meal in yeah. God's presence yeah. to show the people we have communion with God. Okay. We can spend time with them again. It's sort of what it symbolizes. And then at the end of the day, Aaron doesn't. He doesn't eat the portion that he's supposed to be eating. Hmm. Um, and Moses comes up to him. And remember, they're brothers. So they're quite open and honest with one another. He says, what's wrong? Why did you not do what you were supposed to do? Hmm. I mean, this is a, it's a powerful symbol. And uh, you can read the last verses there, verse 19. And Aaron replied to Moses, Today they sacrificed their sin offering and their burnt offerings before the Lord, but such things as this have happened to me. In other words, my sons have died in God's presence. Mm. Would the Lord have been pleased if I had eaten the sin offering today? When Moses heard this, he was satisfied. I, it just symbolized such a wonderful thing. If I try to put myself in that man's shoes, I mean, it's difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but what he went through on that day and what he still persisted to do in God's presence, um, I mean, with all of his might, he would have just wanted to run out mm. and just go bury his sons or something, just go mourn in his house with his wife. I mean, he's a man. Yeah. And yet he pushed through. But not in everything. In this portion, he, he withheld himself. And then God's gracious. So consider what yeah. it says at the beginning of the chapter. They bring sacrifice or they bring fire, but they don't do it right. Not up to standard. They yeah. die. 
by the end of the chapter, he does his duty. He doesn't quite do it right. But there's a grace. There's grace. I I think it shows both sides of God. Mm. It's very interesting. And I think it does go to that thing. God knows the motive of the heart. Yes. which, Which, like you said, there's no, there's not necessarily a clear explanation to what was wrong with the offering that they brought, but it must have been a, a heart issue as well, I suppose, yes. because we clearly see the heart issue given grace in the second instance of the story. Yeah, so, the same as Ananias and Sapphira's yeah. story, isn't it? Yeah, it's a heart issue. It's yeah. not a money issue or this. Rob hammered that in on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I think it's very true. The Lord looks at the motives of the heart. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But then the emphasis for me in the entire book, as the second story in chapter 24 will also be, is God is a holy God. Watch how you live with him. Remember who we're dealing with here, that it's absolute grace that we can come into his presence Mm. by the blood of Christ. He is our father. He is our friend and all of those things. But show him honor because he is a holy king of kings. Yeah. Yeah, chapter 24 then is a is an even shorter story. So it's all of these instructions, instructions, and the thing that, that story hammers in for me another point is that we must remember Moses didn't just know all these things. He, it was conversations with God. Mm. So then in, in verse 10 of chapter 24, it says, Now the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father went out among the Israelites, and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman used the name blasphemy, in other words, the name of the Lord, with a curse. So they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shelomim, the daughter of Debri the Danite. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. In other words, this is a new thing, God. What this do we hasn't do? happened yeah. before. What are we supposed to do? Mm. It doesn't seem right. What is his punishment or what's the consequences? At the end of the day, um, the Lord said to, to Moses, says, take the blasphemer outside of the camp and all those who heard what he said must come and they must stone him to death. Sure. Rough. That's rough. Really, really <laughs> rough. Yeah. Honor the name of the Lord. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Luckily, we don't see that anymore because there'd be a lot of stoning happening. There'd be a heck of a lot of Just people. Just turn on dead. the television and you'd have to stone your television. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but again, the emphasis of the story is twofold for me. Mm. It's um, God is the one setting the rules and the standards. Moses doesn't just come up with a thumb suck it. Yeah. It says, God, what do you want? What do we do? We are your people. We live by your instruction. What should we do? Yeah. And the other thing that it obviously emphasizes, hey, what does it mean to use the name of the Lord? In this case, it's death if you, if you use it as a curse. Yeah. We can just again remind ourselves. We have a holy God, yeah. a holy holy's name in, in, in high reverence. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then to think about, you know, there's some other things that kind of speak to these same matters, to accountability and responsibility for our sin. And we read about, you know, the offerings that had to be made for certain, there were certain kind of sin offerings. And, yes. And then we read in chapter four, jumping back, mm-hmm. um, the different offerings that were had to be made by leaders within the community and those who are new in the community, so to speak. Yeah. Maybe would you listen? That is really thanks for bringing up chapter four. It's incredibly interesting because um, it's the same sins committed, but if you read through chapter four, you see um, certain people are held to a higher standard. Yeah. The offering that they must bring is more expensive or mm. greater than the others. 
Um, and it just points to the fact that, listen, what New Testament says, don't all desire to be leaders because mm. with that comes a greater responsibility. Yeah. God says, I give you influence. Therefore, watch how you use your influence. Mm. All right. Uh, start a hoodie clipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, in chapter four, just a couple of verses maybe to highlight it. Verse three, if the anointed priest sins, uh, bringing guilt on the people, he must bring to the Lord a young bull without defect as a sin offering. That, that's an expensive animal, a young bull. Um, verse 13, if the whole Israelite communi community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's command, even though the community is unaware of the matter, when they realize their guilt and the sin they committed becomes known, the assembly must bring a young bull as a sin offering. But wait. One guy yeah. must pay a young bull, and now the entire community sins. And it's the same one. price. Verse 22, when a leader sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the commands of the Lord his God, when he realizes his sin and the sin has become um, known, he must bring as his offering a male goat without defect. Verse 27, if any member of the community sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the Lord's commands and when they realize their guilt and the sin they've come becomes known they must bring as their offering for the sin they committed a female goat without defect alright the male is of greater price than the female interesting yeah. um, and we see it in many of the laws given there's uh, all of these wide instructions and it makes a bit for boring reading but look before between the lines and mm. say what is the Lord saying why is he saying these different things yeah. uh, we learn from it yeah absolutely and like you said it's clear it follows through into the new testament you know in terms of responsibility and accountability so it's not always uh, we often read these parts in the old testament and we go like you just said it's boring reading mm. but it, it, it literally um, emphasizes what god is going to keep on requiring from us in the yes, new testament he doesn't change exactly. even though we don't live by these particular standards his heart towards us yeah. is still the same yeah yeah and then there's an interesting part in chapter 14. Yes. If we, if you want to go there, um, in in terms of um, healing, in terms of skin diseases and skin diseases, yeah. um, healing of skin diseases. That it's, yeah. I'll, I'll let you explain. But it, it, uh -huh. it talks about he being healed by faith instead of by an application of some kind of yes. cream or ointment. Yes. Um. The the skin diseases. There's actually a massive portion in it. It's all the way from 13. It speaks about molds, and eventually it's going to speak about molds in the house and whatever else. So I think it's a really broad, broad term, actually. All right. Yeah. It's not speaking about one particular disease. Um. And in all of that, it, it's the repeating of that language, clean and unclean. Yeah. Just like it uses as a broad category for animals, clean and unclean, and then all of that. Um, but uh, thanks for bringing up 14, because in 14, it's, uh, it's the landing in between all the way um, up until the end of that chapter mm -hmm. about these skin diseases. And it's sort of the cure for it. As you've mentioned, what's interesting for me, it's not a medical cure, mm. all right? Um, they have to bring these animals, and they take that with the one animal, and they kill it, and they dip it, and um, it's this whole funny ritual. Yeah. But it's not as if they say you take the ointment and you put it on the mold mm. or on the skin disease, and then you're healed. It's actually saying, listen, I'm giving you a strange thing to do. Do you have the faith that this strange thing will heal you? Sure, yeah. Hmm. It's not the killing of the bird. It's not the dipping of it or the this or the that that heals. It's the act of faith. Yeah. It's saying, Lord, all right, seems a bit weird, hmm. but I'll do it. 
because you're the one that heals. Yeah. In faith, I'll do it, and you will do the healing. Sure. Um, and, and I think it's with many of these things. Yeah? Um, there's some of them in Leviticus um, that you'll say, yeah, maybe that's not good food. Uh, it, it might be unhealthy. Mm. Or maybe that kind of clothes does this or it tears if you put different materials together or whatever. Um, and some of them you say, what? Where does that come yeah. from? I think it's just a matter of faith. Yeah. God says, just yeah, obey me. Just yeah. do what I say and you will be blessed. Sure. Live this kind of life and I will see that you trust me and that you obey me, even if you don't understand. Yeah, it's and again, I'll bless you. It's again that art thing. Like, are yeah. you willing to obey even when you don't understand with your head? There we but go. But you follow your heart and, and believe yeah. that this is what God requires. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of Jesus telling the guy, go wash seven times. Yes. You know, or <laughs> it's, uh, uh, now, now when I listen to this, it makes more sense because in the context of the day, it probably was something more easier to hold on to than him just saying, be healed. Yeah. When it said, go and do this and you will, you will be healed. Yeah. Which is what, what happens in Leviticus. I think so. Yeah. L listen, speaking about Jesus, let's go to chapter 16 because there's, there's so many touch points with Jesus dying on the cross, mm. him being the, the sin offering for us. Um, but in chapter 16, I think it's the climax of it because it speaks about the day of atonement. Yeah. Again, you can pull this apart and have studies on studies on it, but just in brief overview, if you read chapter 16 and then go to the book of Hebrews, and it speaks about Jesus being the high priest who goes into the Holy of Holies mm -hmm. with his own blood and sprinkle it on the altar. And that becomes the cleansing for us. Mm -hmm. That becomes the healing um, of our sins. And in his stripes, we are healed, all of those kind yeah. of things. Um, this is really the chapter that it's all referring to. Okay. So what Jesus goes and does is the fulfillment of what God already gave here as a prophecy. So instead of reading it as a boring instructions for a day of atonement, mm. read it as a prophecy. Yeah. See what it points to and say, wow, God, how much you knew, how much you knew back here that you will do. Jesus is the perfect lamb. Yeah, He's the wow. perfect high priest, the everything. What's interesting, though, is um, before Aaron in verse 6 can come and bring this offering, Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering. And interesting, uh, for, the, for the nation, it's going to be uh, a much smaller offering of much less price. He's bringing an entire bull just to be able to go into God's presence yeah. with a small sacrifice for the entire nation. Yeah. Isn't it incredible? <laughs> Again, speaking to that all the authority of the leader or the responsibility of Yes. The, yeah. So what it's really saying is, buddy, I'm choosing you, but it's not like you're worthy. Yeah. It's not like you earned this. Yeah. You need more grace than the entire nation <laughs> so that you can come in as a sign yeah, wow. into my presence. Mm. Uh, but Jesus needed no sacrifice for himself. Mm. He was absolutely sinless, and he gave his own life, and with that sacrifice came into the presence of God wow. to open the way for us. Yeah. Power. Powerful stuff. Power right there. Um, then, uh, just again, maybe I can just read this verse. It just catches my eyes. In verse um, 16, so on that day then, the Day of Atonement, uh, we've referred to it um, in our previous session when we spoke, or two sessions back when we spoke about the Ark of the Covenant. Verse 2, the Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come 
Um, whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. In other words, on that mercy seat. Uh, that's where the glory of God will appear, and that's what he's going into. Again, on the day that Jesus died, on that exact day of atonement, awesome, eh? Yeah. Uh, at that exact hour, that the lamb, the sacrifice was brought. He's dying outside of the city, yeah. uh, even though he's the king of the city. Yeah. <laughs> On that moment when he dies, that veil that God is speaking about is torn. And there's free entry now mm. for us to go into that holy of holy, to, to the mercy seat of yeah. God. Everyone has access now, not just the high priest. Yeah. Listen, I know there's a hundreds of things that we can still turn to. Can we do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Chapter 25, um, especially from verse 8, all right? It speaks about the Sabbath year, uh, a year when the ground must just rest. Mm. And then it speaks about the year of Jubilee, uh, which is every 49 years, seven times seven years, all right? Uh, I want to turn to this for a moment because um, when we get to the end of of the book of Kings to the end of the book of Chronicles, and we see the nation goes out into exile. We're going to hear that the Lord's going to refer back to this chapter 25. And he's going to say, For every year that the ground did not rest as I commanded it, it should, you're going to be in exile mm -hmm. until the ground has had its Sabbath rest complete. All of the Sabbath rest that you withheld from the ground. Um, that's how long you're going to be in exile. And then you can come back to the land. So the land will rest while you're gone. Yeah. Um, why would they not have the Sabbath year rest? Why do you think? It's taking matters into your own hands again. Yeah. To provide for yourself. To provide for yourself. Yeah. Lack of faith. Yeah. Right? This is a massive faith move. Yeah. To be able to say, I'm not going to sow, I'm not going to reap for an entire year. Next year, I will start the harvest again. Mm. Which means... <laughs> I'm it's only waiting until that which I sow is going to bring up. Mm -hmm. All right, a year and a half later only I'll start reaping again. Uh, it's a faith move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you just mentioned it, I thought, wow, imagine for a year, do not tend your land and just say, well, it needs to rest. And if that's your livelihood, yeah, what do you do? You trust yeah. God. <laughs> which means they lived in the land and for so many years had a lack of faith. Yeah. They couldn't enjoy the rest that God wanted to give them. Imagine a year of not doing your job. Yeah, yeah. Hey? And God is telling you not to do it. Yes. And he just provides. Yeah. And you just rest and you've got enough. It's good. All right. They didn't have the faith to do that. To rest. They didn't have the faith to rest. It's a good point that you're making there. Yes. And because of that, God says, I want to give the ground its rest. It's beautiful that, that God actually loves the ground. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Mm. He loves his nature. He knows this is good. You're just depleting the soil. Yeah. You're not doing what I'm telling you to do. It's not good for you. It's not good for the place where you live. So I'm going to remove you. Let's press reset. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like he couldn't refresh the ground in the twinkling of an eye. Yes. But there's more to be gained or learned from the time being in exile again. absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely I, I think let's leave it there for today right sure. it really hopefully it just tweaked a bit of interest yeah. again in this book that's generally considered to very 
be very dull, yeah. difficult reading. There's definitely, I, I'm not saying it's easy reading, but it's filled with gems, yeah, really filled with gems. Um, so the chapters that we spoke about today is 10, 24, chapter 4, 14, 16, and 25. Even if you just want to go to those chapters to begin with and just dig in a bit about what we spoke, see if there um, comes out a bit more light Perfect. out of this incredible book I, i'm 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 feeling refreshed from just hearing those the, the recounting of those stories and those incidents it's really encouraging and mm. it's it's amazing to see how it how it's still relevant in our time yes in terms of being responsible for your actions as leaders or whatever it may be and faith yeah all those things are, are amazing to to just see in the old testament and yeah. if we if we go oh boring, I'm gonna miss it in any way. So yes, enc yeah. encouragement for you to go and read those chapters then. So where where are we going next then? Seeing that we've next rushed. week we jump off in the book of Numbers okay. again. We'll jump over quite a bit of chapters right into chapter nine in our first session. Okay. All right, because um, it's the census. So we'll begin by speaking about the two census in the book. There's a census right at the start yes. and a census again at the end. We'll speak about that and we'll probably finish off chapter 9, chapter 10 in our first okay. session next week. Okay, so All we're right. picking up pace. We're picking up the pace going yep. through these books now. Okay, Garth, thank you so much. Really a fruitful session again. And we're trusting that as you listen, you'll be blessed and encouraged and inspired by the Word of God. Until next time then. Bye-bye.